0: Many people call Christianity a crutch. They call it an out for an escapist. And I'm a firm believer that the reason this has happened is because there's so many in Christendom that have taken this stand of the confession of their faith to try to nullify the realities of life.
1: Now with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters.
0: We're talking about the storms of life, the struggles, the troubles, the perplexities of life. And I specifically titled this message, not that we are going through the storm, but that we are going. Growing through the storm. Many people call Christianity a crutch. They call it an out for an escapist. And I'm a firm believer that the reason this has happened is because there's so many in Christendom that have taken this stand of the confession of their faith to try to nullify the realities of life. And just a very simple thought that comes to my mind is that if your car was to need an engine. You can sit back and rebuke the devil all day long. You can sit back and say, I don't, I don't receive that. I don't claim that. I don't believe that. And that mechanic is going to tell you, okay, but if you don't have $1,200, bucks, you are walking. See, too many times we nullify the realities of God by trying to ignore the realities of life. Look at me, folks. We go through problems, and it's not a negative confession to let people know I'm going through a problem. Are are we okay? It's not a negative confession. I know there's a lot of TV preachers. I was talking to a young lady at the hospital uh, the other day. I I, I had a, a man that I had ministered to while I was working at the bank. And uh, he committed his life to Christ and living for God, moved to Colorado. And he was uh, going to get married to his, his high school sweetheart. The wedding was planned. Everything's ready to go. All of a sudden, dad has massive heart attack. Has to do a quadruple bypass the second time in one year. That's not a good sign, folks. They canceled all their wedding plans so the son could be down here with the dad. The son called me and just out of the clear blue on Saturday morning, said, Pastor Tim, would you marry my wife and I in front of my dad? My fiance and I in front of my dad? I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know where he's at. I don't know what's coming. I don't, I don't, but I want my dad to be there. So we had a wedding in a hospital room on Saturday. Married them, testified of the things of God. Well, there was a nurse standing out in the hallway. And this nurse tracked me down afterwards. And she said, I can tell you're the kind of preacher I'm looking for. Just by the things you said. And her and her family are planning on uh, starting to come to our church. But one of the things that she and I talked about is she said, I listen to all these TV preachers, and she named one specifically, And she said, I love some of the nuggets that they bring out. But they sure put a lot of dirt around that nugget. They put a lot of junk around that that isn't biblical. And I had to agree with her. Folks, there's a lot of stuff that you watch on TV that is not biblical. And I say you because I do too. You say, well, what's the difference? Well, I know this book pretty good. So I know what is fish, and I know what is bones. Do you? There's a whole lot out there about the positive confession. You know, the name it, claim it, the blab it, grab it, and whatever terms you can put in there. And folks, I believe a positive confession. I believe that I'm going to believe what the Word of the Lord says and not what the Word of man says. The Bible says some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, but I want to trust in the name of the Lord my God. But I'm not going to ignore reality. I'm not going to ignore this and try to explain it away. If I'm going through something and somebody asks me, are you okay? Sometimes I'll say, yeah, I'm okay. Are you sure? No, but I'll repent for lying later. No, I'm going through it. But you see, ladies and gentlemen, it's okay. You're going through it. You're not building a tent and living in it. Are you with me? When we are going through the storm, it is because we are growing through the storm. Let me take you into God's Word. You see, God's Word calls us a wise man. When we use God's Word, when we believe God's Word, when we stand on God's Word. The Bible says it's a wise man that puts his trust in the Lord to provide for every situation. It is a wise man that believes that God will turn it all around and work it together for the good. But the Bible also says it's the fool who puts his trust in the world, in the finances, in the system of mankind that he think himself secure in this life. Matthew 7, everyone who hears these words of mine, and say this with me, and puts them in to practice. Say that with me. And puts them into practice. I like that. Let's say it again. And puts them into practice. It doesn't do any good to have it memorized if you don't have it applied. I love what Jim Jim Mason and I were talking about. He said, Pastor, I don't know for sure if you can say it in church. And he said it, and I liked it, so we'll say it. Education without application leads to constipation. Can I say that in church, Harry? I I just did, okay. Yeah. Think about it. If you don't apply the Word of God to your life, what do you do? You're a Christian. You know it's not supposed to be this way. What do you do? You get frustrated. You get aggravated. You get agitated. If you're not careful, you're going to get flat irritated. We've got to take and apply God's word. The storms in your notes are going to come whether you and I like it or not. Let me go back to that scripture and drop down to the 29th verse. It says when Jesus had finished saying these things to the crowds, they were amazed at his teaching. Listen, because he taught as one who had authority. Look at me, ladies and gentlemen. You have all the authority of the Word of God in your life. But unless you practice the words that it says, it falls on the wayside. Am I making sense this morning? Storms are going to happen. But this is what I want you to grab a hold of just for a moment. You and I live exactly what we believe. If we are not really believing God's promises. When the storms come, we're going to cower down. We're going to get frustrated. We're going to get all of these different things. But if we are a person that says, God, I don't know why you took me to it, but I know by your grace you're going to take me through it, I'm going to be okay. Why? Because you said you would work it all together for the good of Josh, the good of Danny, the good of Pam, He will work it for the good of Anita. I could just keep going in and filling in the blanks. But let me share something, ladies and gentlemen. Bad things happen to good people. Not because they're bad. Not because they're doing bad. Just because they live in a sin-infested world. 1 Peter chapter 4, I'm going to help us grow through some of these storms this morning. Is that okay? I'm going to give you a lot of information in a short amount of time, but I want you to grab a hold of it. 1 Peter chapter 4 says, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial that you are suffering, as though something strange were happening to you. Did you know that was in the Bible? Understand, brothers and sisters, God's will may be that the good that happens in your life and mine is surrounded by some problems. It might be God's will. You know why? God's going to use that storm to grow you, to grow me. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, look what it says. Enjoy prosperity whenever you can. And say this with me. And when hard times strike. Did you notice it didn't say if? When hard times strike. Realize God gives one as well as the other. Why? It's right there in the scripture so that we can realize nothing in this life is certain. Are we doing okay today? First Peter 3 says, It is better, listen, if it is God's will to suffer for doing good. Did you know that was in the Bible? That sometimes it's God's will for you and I to suffer while we're doing good? Look at 19, the verse 19 of the fourth chapter. So then, those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. Even in the midst of it. Ladies and gentlemen, the storms are blowing. And we're we're being just thrown around. And God says, it's okay. What did we talk about last week? He said, I'm the eye of the storm. I know exactly what you can go through. I know exactly let me take you back to some examples throughout Scripture. Joseph, Job, Daniel, Paul, even Jesus. Look at what it says in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 8. Even though Jesus was God's Son, listen, He learned obedience from the things He what? Say it out loud. Well, wow, that's not a positive confession. He learned obedience through the things He Why in the church of Jesus Christ do we forsake suffering? Now, folks, I'm not trying to get into legalism or or penance or all kinds of earning, but I'm helping us understand that God uses storms to help us grow. This little baby, Addison, she's going to go through a stint in her life where she's going to grow a whole lot in a little time. It's going to be called growing pains. How many of us have dealt with them? How many of you wives say your husbands are still going through it? We go through it, folks. We have these growing pains. My my grandson, 15 years old. My wife and I saw him, what, end of last year? He was shorter than his younger sister. We saw him a few months later. The kid had grown 12, 14, 16 inches. You're sitting back thinking, boy. <laughs> yeah, he, he he grew up and his voice dropped. <laughs> papa, Papa, how you doing? Papa, Papa, how you doing? <laughs> what would you do with my grandson? <laughs> but it happens. We go through these growing pains. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the same thing. In the Word of God and the Christian life. The Bible says storms are a part of life. To some, a very frequent part of life. And I'll tell you, the more you grow in God, the more storms you will face. Psalm 34 says a righteous man may have many troubles. But look at the second part of the verse. But the Lord delivers him. Out of. He doesn't say he keeps us from. So, what are the purpose for storms? I've already danced all around it, but I'm going to give you some very specific ideas of why storms in your life happens. When God allows us to go through the storm, or let me use an analogy out of the Old Testament. The Bible talks about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, three Hebrew children. They were part of of the the correlation of, of Daniel. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, King Nebuchadnezzar rises up and says, you will bow down and worship me, or I'm going to throw you into the fiery furnace. How many remember the, if you've never read it, you've remembered for Sunday school or stuff like that. Well, the Bible says Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they they would not bow down and worship Him. So we're not going to do this. We worship the Lord our God, and on Him alone, we're going to worship. Ladies and gentlemen, we go through storms, we go through the fire, because the devil's trying to get us to bow down and worship something else. Run to the bank. Get the loan. I can't make it meet. Run to the payday place. Run to this place. Run to that place. I just can't put it. The devil's trying to get you to bow down. And God said, No, stand in that storm. Stand in that storm. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, Oh king, we love you. We're submissive to you, but we're not going to bow down. We bow down to our Lord God only. Well, the king, I said, Oh, they're pretty good boys, so let's give them another chance. When I blow the salt tree and the and the the sack button, all these different names that they had in the Bible. What are those instruments called? You're the musician. You know these things. When all those sounds happen, everybody has to bow down. Well, everybody did. All of Israel, the children of God, all of the slaves, all of the people, they all bowed down, except for three. Picture Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego just standing up there saying, Okay, don't do that again. But think about it. And the king, he he can't let this go. So he tells the servants, heat the furnaces and make them seven times hotter than before. The Bible says the furnaces were so hot that the men, the great men of armies and valor that were carrying Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the furnace, the fire killed them. The dudes that were carrying him to the furnace died. And listen to what the Bible says. Shadrach, phew, there he goes. Meshach, phew, there he goes. Abednego, phew, he's gone. Oh Nebi, baby. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar, I'm sorry, for yeah. Nebi comes up and looks in there. He turned to the dudes and said, "Didn't we throw three in there?" They said, "Yeah, yeah." Why is he said, well, I see four? And the fourth one looks like the Son of God. Let me tell you something: He won't keep you out of the fire, but he'll go in it with you. I said, "He won't keep you out of the fire, but he'll go in it." With you. Can somebody get excited in this place today? He won't keep you out of the storm, but he'll go into the storm with you. Because we have to get to the place, ladies and gentlemen, if you get nothing else this morning, get this. We've got to get to the place till we stop trusting what the world thinks it can do. And start trusting what God said He would do. Can you say amen this morning? There's many reasons for the storms, but let me tell you the. Just the fact. Everyone has them. I have them. You have them. Three things. Some storms happen because you're in the flesh. Because I'm in the flesh. How many, ha- how many just had a bad day? You got up on the wrong side of the bed and just everything went bad. Can I tell you the first thing you need to do? Slide that bed against the, that bed against the wall so you can't get out on that bad side anymore. You can't slide it against the wall. Mark it. Mark that puppy. I'm not getting on the side anymore. But can I tell you something? The bed's not the problem. Look at somebody and say, he's going to tell me I'm the problem, isn't he? Yes. You and me, we're the problem. It's not the bed. The bed's fine. We just sometimes get up in a bad mood. The devil gets too much credit, folks for our fleshly activities i'm always amazed at why christians would come into the spirit give their lives to christ and still choose to live their lives out of the flesh the second thing is some storms happen because we are simply out of god's will jonah is a perfect example he would not go to nineveh he did not want to preach to them do you know why the bible is very clear he knew the mercy of god he knew if he went, to, if he went and preached to, to Nineveh, that they would repent. He knew that. And Jonah didn't like the Ninevites. Jonah was having a bad day. He didn't like them, and he wanted them to burn. Don't look at me like that. You got some friends that you'd like that to happen to, too. I'm not going to tell them about Jesus. They deserve to burn. Well, let's look in the mirror next time because all of us deserve a God in His mercy. See, the Bible says in the 119th Psalm that before I was afflicted, I went astray. Some of us just get out of God's will. We just get into the flesh. If we don't like the cost of something we're involved in, we'll say, well, I'm going to do what I want to now and I'll deal with the consequences later. Really? That's an amazing idea to have. It's the old play now, pay later thing. Well, folks, I'd rather pay now and play later. That other thing is some storms happen just simply you're right where you should be. And God wants you to grow. And the only way that we can grow is we have to face what we didn't know, what we didn't like, what we didn't want to grow. And just like last week's story, remember the, the story about the vines? The vine will set itself on the side of the storm to blow it closer to the tree or on the opposite side of the storm, that it wouldn't be in the damaged way of the, of the, uh, the winds and the waves that are blowing. Storms are an active part of our life. Let me give you a few things that help to understand why storms happen. God is the author and the finisher. In the book of Luke, the Bible talks about the parable of the sower and the seed. It talks about the seed that falls on the wayside. It is these people that hear, but they don't understand. Literally what it's saying is they don't even try to understand. They just went to church once, they heard the word of God, didn't like it, so they never went back. The second one are those that fall on stony ground. They hear, but they don't want to make a commitment. Once again, they're not even trying. They don't want to live for God because it's too hard. Ladies and gentlemen, living a Christian life is not easy. It's impossible outside of Christ. Then you have the seed that falls on the thorny grounds. These are the ones that hear, but they're so caught up in the world that the cares of the world choke out God's promises. You and I need to become the seed that falls on the good ground. We hear, we make a decision, and we follow that commitment. In the Old Testament, the Bible talks about the children of Israel going through the wilderness. And listen to what it says. God led them all the way through the wilderness to humble them, to test them, to see what was in their heart. You and I will go through struggles times because God's trying to draw us closer to himself. It, re- it reveals the strength of our commitment. The fact that we are going to stand no matter what. Remember when Abraham was challenged to come before God? and to offer Isaac, his only son. But when he came, he put the altar up there, he put the fire, he put the boy up there, he raised the knife, and the word of the Lord came to him through the angel of the Lord, said, lay down your knife, don't hurt the child in any way. For the angel said, now I know that God is first in your life. That God is first in, in your life. There are times that we go through things just to find out that we know God is first in our life. God will always challenge our commitment to himself by challenging us to grow. 1 Peter chapter 1 says, in this I, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief or all kinds of trials. But look what it says. These have come that your faith may be proved genuine. John chapter 18 says, he cuts off every branch that doesn't bear fruit. Every branch that does bear fruit. Look at me for all of us to say, God, I'm doing right. I'm living for you. I'm doing this. Look what he says. Everyone that is doing what it needs to do, he said, it's cool. I'm going to prune you, though, because I want you to produce more fruit. I want us to produce more fruit. You mean, Pastor, even when I am just doing everything that I can for God, I'm still going to go through stuff? Look at somebody and just do this. Why? Because God wants you to grow. God wants you to be better tomorrow than you are today. Why? Because storms, in your notes, they reveal the level of maturity in our lives. I talk to our leadership all the time. I talk to different people all the time. And I know it comes across kind of crass, but we have to mature to the point to where we stop letting things bother us. We've got to. Because in this day and hour we live, brothers and sisters, it's not going to get easier. The strategies of hell are going to be to the point that they try to get us to pull away more than cling to. And God challenges our maturity through the teaching of His Word, watching our response to the requirements of Christian living to see whether we are living on past accomplishments, are developing future commitments to Christ. Let's look at the Word of God in Hebrews chapter 5. Anyone who lives on milk is still an infant. They're not acquainted with the teachings of righteousness. Solid food is for who? Go ahead and say it. It's not a dirty word. For the mature, who by constant use have trained Themselves, Remember our text? It says, Because they put the word into practice, by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good and evil. Therefore, he said, let's leave the milk bottle, let's leave the elementary teachings of Christ, and go on to maturity. Let's go to the place to where we're no longer consumers. The servants. Luke chapter 8, we talked about it just a moment ago. The seed that fell by the thorns didn't do any good. Why? Because they went their way and they were choked by life's worries, riches, pleasures, because they would not mature. Brothers and sisters, past storms should help us prepare for and build up a better foundation for the future. Philippians 3, Paul said, this one thing I do is I forget what's behind and I press on towards the goal. In your note, storms reveal the health of our attitude. It helps us to understand whether we're looking for good in bad or bad in good. I don't know about you, but I know a lot of Christians that all they ever see is the bad stuff. I happen to be one of those guys that are always looking for the good stuff. 2 Corinthians 4 says, don't lose heart. Though outwardly we're wasting away, inwardly we're being renewed. And listen to what how he writes it here. He said, for these light and momentary troubles are achieving eternal glory that far outweighs everything. So fix your eyes on not what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary. What's unseen is eternal. It deals, these storms that happen in our life, help us to understand the health of our attitude towards God and in God. Next, storms reveal our ability to be taught. Our understanding of authority, our understanding of yielding ourselves to the things of God. Do we get better or do we get bitter when we're challenged with things? The 119th Psalm says, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I obey God's word. It was good for me to go through what I went through because now I've learned His decrees. Do you and I learn from past mistakes or do they become permanent failures? I'm talking about the storms of life. Am I making sense this morning? The struggles, the difficulties that you and I go through, what are they doing to us? Are they making us better, or are they making us bitter? Let me wrap this up today in the next uh, oh gosh, about ten minutes. What I want to ask as we conclude is how do you and I handle these storms? How do we? face in life when life is standing in our face. The Bible says that we need to make sure we've built our house on the rock. Because when, not if, the storms come, it's too late to build the foundation then. Everything you do will crumble. It'll be too late to make it on faith because you didn't have faith to build the foundation. It'll be too late to make the decision to follow Jesus. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not too late to repent and watch God to use it and turn it around. It'll just be too late for that situation in your life. Sometimes we'll fall flat on our face. And folks, I've done it. I've done it many times. In your notes, I wanted to put this in there nice and bold and and, and standing out. Remember, no storm is permanent. Jesus said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you, I'll never let you go through what you can't handle. Something to understand about storms is they're for one of two things. They are for correction or they are for perfection. They're to draw us closer to God or they're to draw us back to God. But we can stand firm in God's Word. The writings of Paul says, I may never know how all things work, but I can stand confident in the one that works all things. Hebrews chapter 10 says it this way, do not throw away your confidence. It will be rewarded. You have need of patience or perseverance, the Scripture says, that when you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. The 11th chapter in the first verse says, Now faith, right where I am, is being sure of what I hope for and certain of what I do not see. 1 Peter chapter 5 says that the God of grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you've suffered a while, will he himself restore and make us strong, firm, and steadfast. Galatians 6 says, Don't be weary in doing what is right, for after a while we will reap the harvest if we don't get discouraged. And give up. Ladies and gentlemen, look at me please. The storms aren't going to end. I'm not a bearer of bad news. I'm not a preacher of, of negative confessions. I'm a preacher of God's word. And from Genesis to Revelation, God's people have gone through storms. But every storm they've gone through, they grew through. They become better today. Why? Because according to Colossians 2, they were rooted and built up in Him. Four things will happen that will help us remember in the midst of the storm that the eye of the storm is still watching. Number one, He is praying for us. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, He ever lives to make intercession for us. In the book of Hosea chapter 6, the Bible says that He will come to us in the midst of the struggle. As surely as the sun rises, He will appear just like the winter rains. He will come to us to water us in the midst of the drought. In the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3, it says that He will help us to grow. All Scripture is God-breathed, useful teaching, rebuking, correcting, training, that the man and woman of God would be fully equipped. And lastly, He will see us through. Philippians 1 says, I will complete the work I started. Are the storms going to come? Yeah. Trouble's going to happen? Yeah. How many here you feel the waves blowing right now? The wind, the waves, the struggles? Praise God. I don't praise God for the storm. But I praise God in the storm. Why? Because God's growing me. God's helping me to be stronger today than I was yesterday, because He knows another storm's coming tomorrow, another storm's coming next week, another storm's coming next. Pastor, man, this is kind of discouraging. Let me encourage you in the Word of God, Isaiah chapter forty-three. Now the God who created you, O Israel, says, "Don't be afraid." I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through the deep waters, when you go through the great trouble, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am your Lord, your God, and your Savior. Folks, we're going to go through things. And please love me for preaching the truth. Because it's the truth that sets us free. But when we're going through it, we're not dying in it. We're raising above it. Can you say amen? Amen. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your grace. God, thank you that we can grow through the storms. God, that it is not by might, it is not by power, God, but it is by your spirit that we overcome everything. And God, this morning, we thank you. By that same spirit, we become all things that you want us to be. Today, be glorified. Because it's not if, it's when that we face the storm. God, I thank you that you are building us. And today, God, that we learned a little bit that would help us to understand that we can rejoice through the storms that we can rejoice in the middle of it because, God, we're we're growing stronger. We praise you for this, God, and we thank you in Jesus' name.
1: Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit VLCCAZ.org. That's VLCCAZ.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. I'm Joe Harding. For Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Centers, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.